Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline, and this outfit is country, and I love country in it. And this isn't a square dance because she's dancing circles around me, Leia Green. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. You have pitched to me today, say the last dance. Yes. And I just love when people, like, to borrow a very dated phrase, understand the assignment. Thank you. I really feel I have. <laughs> because I have had so many people in my DMs pitching 10 Things I Had About You, which is obviously the other Julia Stiles classic mm-hmm. and the thing that kind of got her this role. But my response has always been, everyone loves that movie. Yeah. There's nothing garbage <laughs> about it. Everybody loves it. Heath Ledger is adorable. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is adorable. You've misunderstood. Goodbye. Yeah, no conversation really needed. <laughs> yeah, like no one, there's no one anyone else talking about how good that movie is. Yeah. But there is a real, this movie, Save the Last Dance, was an enormous success. Mm-hmm. It was like instantly in the rotation of sleepover movies. Yeah. Um, and yet there is a real lack of discussion around it and there's a real taint around it of it being shite. Yes. I was like, I love this film. I've seen it probably... I don't know, 40 times maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never like read up on it because I've got my own private thoughts <laughs> and feelings but I've never done a podcast about it. But when yeah. we were going to do this, I went to the internet to uncover what I assumed would be the hundreds of essays. And oral histories yeah, and all the things you normally find when the... a beloved 20-year-old film has been around. <laughs> yeah. you know? And there was just literally nothing. And I was like, am I the only person? <laughs> Is yeah. it me? Am I the person that got this film? And I thought you probably also would, so here we are. <laughs> Correct. Because my, my experience of this movie was, I, I remember, I have such a clear memory of it, because I was off off sick school for like mm. two weeks when I was 12, because um, I had bronchitis, and I watched this with my mum in her bed. Do you know when you get to be in your mum's bed yeah. and you're sick? And I remember loving it and being so into the romance and so into the dance. And then my mum just saying, her legs are too thick to be a dancer. <laughs> Oh, mother. <laughs> what was your um, first experience with it? I, you know something? I thought you'd ask me that and I cannot remember the first time I watched it and I genuinely can't remember like having never seen it. Like yeah. it's such a part of my, oh my life gosh. now, my kind of like film world. I would have been 12. We're like the same age. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I know that when I first watched it, I probably watched it like four times within a week. Wow. And then... I think like, was this very much a, a DVD or a VHS that you had in your house that was just there yeah it would have been the, a video like yeah. yeah with the like I think it yeah have been recorded off the TV can it did you ever have those films where you there are like there are adverts in between yes and the, the adverts just <laughs> stay in your, yeah, yeah, your yeah. mind on a road I don't think it was that I think it might have been like could you buy things from Blockbuster or did you only rent them could you buy things there yeah or you could just keep things <laughs> maybe <laughs> I stole it from Blockbuster yeah um, and yeah I would just sit for some reason I would sit on the floor rather than on the sofa when I watched this film like, so be, you like, could be right very close the TV yeah. yeah and I just so when I was 12 so I did ballet from like the age of 5 to 18 like you know really seriously like wow. 5 times a week vibe so I was obsessed with ballet but I also loved like hip hop and I so I grew up in Sheffield mm. most of my friends are white yeah but I like I would spend most of my time if I wasn't practicing ballet I would be like making up dance routines to like jar rule yeah. kind of thing and like I just I think there's something obviously the parallels aren't perfect but like there must be something specific I think for me in that moment I was like oh, this film was made for me yeah. like yeah. I also love ballet and hip hop like I'm the only person in the world but yeah. it was just I just loved it I loved everybody in it I loved everything about it yeah, and I've that's watched the thing. it. When you say Sheffield, you know, and I'm assuming kind of the early noughties, like that's what everyone's going to associate with Sheffield in the early noughties, like the, the Arctic Monkeys. It's like yeah, an indie yeah. scene. It's like a whole different kind yeah. of flavour. So I can imagine what kind of influences you were being steeped in in that environment. 
Um, which I, I realise is a very limited view of what Sheffield has to <laughs> offer. We're all damp minds. <laughs> Listen to Arctic monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're in my room with Jaro. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of, yeah. <laughs> the first time the accent has emerged all day. I love it. <laughs> um, but this is also like, this was the real era of a thousand music channels. Yes. Yes. And you that thing where you come home from school, have your depressing little after school snack. Oh. My, mine would be a turkey bacon sandwich. Oh, wow. That's a good one. <laughs> it was really good. They, they like, had the kind of consistency of like an insole, but I loved it. Mm. Um, and just going, going through all the music channels yeah. and just seeing those iconic videos. But the one I think about all the time is, is Maya's What You Gonna Do when it's like oh, in yeah. the desert with the sticks and they're uh-huh. doing that very sort of Jaggedy, jaunty, sort of popping out your elbow and all that kind of stuff. And though it feels like those music videos were very much uh, created for the preteen girl audience who would then copy them in school. So they were like complicated, but they were also in their own way simple. Uh Like anyone could kind of learn them if you had an eagle enough eye. Uh And it feels like Save the Last Dance was for that audience too, right? And it's that thing of like, and I think the people who don't like this movie tend to not like it because they love dance movies and they're like the dancing isn't good enough the ballet yeah. isn't good enough but like I just in, if you put it next to the other dance movies it's just it's so much better but it's also it's not a classic dance movie but it's because it's got more in it not because it's got less in it do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. I don't know I, I watched Step Up once like a, like quite recently mm-hmm. basically it's it's taking the kind of same plot mm-hmm. which is like Guy from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Meets girl who is like from sheltered. Good, yeah, 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 yeah. Sheltered. He brings a bit of his like spicy vibe to her dance. They fall in love. Blah blah blah. But it's just deleted all black people. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very he's Channing Tatum. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like save the last dance. Take out any interesting nuance and also delete black people. And I was just like. This film is shit, and like everybody loves it. And it Wait, so is it? It's, is it basically about like again merging hip hop with classical dance, and but there's no black people in it. it yeah, literally, okay. it's like he <laughs> is a badly wolf. behaved boy, white man who like starts watching this girl trying to audition for her dance school. I think it's like less classical, but yeah, yeah she's like, oh no, you're a criminal, and he's like hot or whatever. Yeah, and then they like dance and shack, but it's like there's no, there's nothing to it. Well, that's the thing about Save the Last Dance is that um, it it feels like as a movie it was like it was like commissioned as like we we need to do a kind of a wrong side of the tracks classic love story mm-hmm. about a black guy and a white girl and they merge their dancing together mm-hmm. and it feels like the writer and director there was two two writers one of them is Dwayne something yes who did Step Up and and so many other dance movies and the other one was Cheryl. <laughs> Sorry, this is Cheryl bad. Edwards. Cheryl Edwards, yes, who's a black woman, and Thomas Carter, who's a black guy. Uh, and it's like, it feels like they were like, right, if we're going to make this movie, we're going to make it almost better than it needs to be. Yes. Uh, we're going to make it a true ensemble cast. Like, it's mm. going to, yes, almost like the thing that we're marketing it to, so to like kind of a Midwest mall teen audience, mm-hmm. is like, lovely doe-eyed Julia Stiles and watch her be a fish out of water. Yeah. But the ensemble is so impressive. You care about everyone in that yeah. movie. Like, Kerry Washington is unbelievable in it. She's really fucking good. She's really good. Do you think we need to do a plot summary just to get everyone up to speed yes. in case they haven't seen it in a, in a while? Can you do that? I will. So, Sarah is an aspiring ballet dancer whose mother dies in a car accident midway through her Juilliard audition. Still grieving, Sarah is sent to live with her father Roy in Chicago and transfers to a mostly black high school where she meets Chenille, a single mother, and her brother Derek. Derek and Sarah begin dancing with each other and Sarah revives her love of dance, blending her classical training with hip-hop influences. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the main thrust of the story. Yeah. But within that, you've got Chenille, who like, what's so clever about that character is you introduce her and it's like, oh, it's like the, the the one person who's being nice to you in your new school. Yeah. like, And she's like really bubbly and fun and kind. And you're like, everyone wants to be friends with Chanel. Yeah. She's gorgeous. And then it's like, you only find out maybe about half an hour after she first appears that she's also a single mother. Yes. And it's so beautiful the way that's done because it was like such an era where the teen mom was mm-hmm. so like, it was such a panic button issue. Like of, of, of like demonizing these, these young mothers and making them seem like these kind of idiotic or vulnerable or insatiable or whatever. Yeah. Or but, just very like one dimensional. Like that yeah. is what they are. They are a single mum. It's not like 
a teenage yeah. mom. It's not like they are an interesting person who also happens to have a child, which is who Chanel is. Yeah. And it's it's handled so... What feels very realistically, this thing of she invites over... Invites uh, Sarah to go to Steps, which... <laughs> I cannot tell you. You know when you're... Like, the longing in my heart as a 12-year-old to, to go, to, go steps. to Steps. I just was like, that's where I need to be. I can bust out my routines in Steps and the crowd will go wild. Like, I honestly, it almost makes me feel like I want to go there so Oh much. my God. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> but the thing is, I do think the whole Steps, it's so well done. Because, like, it's really rare in movies that nightlife is depicted with any accuracy. Yes. Or, like... It's so frequently that you see a nightclub scene depicted and it's almost like, here is where the evil people hang out, <laughs> having sinful fun and your downfall will emerge here. But yeah. it's, it's like the thing of like, or it's that, or it's like, if you have very young people, it's that thing, I don't know if you were ever a Buffy fan. No. But in Buffy, they all had this nightclub called the Bronze and it was never explained the way that underage people were always there. And it was just like a way to shoehorn in a musical guest every week. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it never felt like, it was like, what what town would have this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whereas Steps, it feels like there's this whole thing about getting a fake ID. There's a whole explanation about how they get there. I also really love her yeah. fake ID. It was like quite an old, quite a large white lady with brown hair and she was like she looks nothing like me and I love the fact that it would have worked because she was just a white person that's it that's <laughs> it like, it doesn't matter hun they're not going to look at it they're just going to see a white person and be like yep probably you <laughs> I love that because we've seen that like cliche done from the other side yes. before but to have like the white girl being like no one cares what you look like <laughs> you all blindness. look the same <laughs> it's so brilliant it's clever it's really smart and that whole thing of like yeah, so where they she goes to the to the apartment, um, and it's this very natural scene of like Chanel kissing her son goodbye, and then they live with the grandmother, and mm-hmm. and you can see Julia Stiles' character like putting it together a bit, yes. being like she looks too old to have a baby that yeah. young, and then she's like, oh, is she yours? And he's like, well, it sure ain't Mama Dean's. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so lovable. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. sorry I feel like I'm talking all over your favourite film no. <laughs> I'm like enjoying it so much <laughs> I'm just so happy that you love it and you see I just think yeah that that way like the fake ID thing is a really good example of what this film does really well over and over again which is like I think probably the least nuanced character in this film is probably Sarah like yeah, yeah. all of the black characters who are supporting characters really to her mm have got a lot more to them than they would do in a film where they were like the black best friend. Because mm. normally those characters have like one thing and it's probably like they love dancing and are a bit sassy. Yeah, and they're in all white environments. Yeah, exactly. And in this, Sarah's personality is basically like she's white. And traumatised. And, and a bit sad, but not that sad. <laughs> like, it was like three months ago it happened. So it's like, you know. But she, yeah, like her character is kind of like she's white and doesn't really get stuff and that's it and she's not a particularly interesting character on her own what makes her interesting is all the nuanced characters around her and I just it tickles me slightly yeah (laughs) there's like a a character like that who is the main character and there's not that much to her but what makes her interesting is like her friend who is really interesting and great happens to have a child and then her love interest who has like got so many Mm. elements to him and so many pressures on him and you can Mm. see him working through all of that and it's like what feels like a really true representation of what that might be like. Yeah. But she's just like, hey, I can jump really high on the beam. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> One thing I do wonder about her, the thing I don't believe in the film yeah. is like, why does anybody like her? <laughs> why does Chanel want to be her friend? Like, she's not charming. She's not fun. She's not fun, is she? And like, she just goes in and she's like, I've read In Cold Blood and this is why it's good and also like showing off on the beam I'm like babe you're trying to make friends like yeah. stop being such a why is there always this it's like Julia Stiles second watch me be good in English class <laughs> movie <laughs> but I do actually it's funny because whenever you see a kind of a high school English class it's mm-hmm. like one of those those scenes that you come back to a lot because it's so leaden with like it's generally like a kind of a Shakespeare lorem ipsum that they put in there yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like what Shakespeare was trying to do and then like insert the theme of the film we're yeah, watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually that whole dialogue feels very, it's like very nuanced and mm-hmm. like it's a great way to introduce like uh, a romantic lead where she says, 
oh, and she explains the kind of the concept of the nonfiction memoir or the nonfiction novel. And then uh, Derek's character immediately comes in with, you know, this was this was Capote taking crime and putting it in white people's backyards. Yes. James Baldwin was doing that and nobody cared. Yeah. And then she goes, well, pe- people read James Baldwin. And he's like, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it's so good. It's really, really, really yeah. good. It's great. Like, and it's also a great thing from the screenwriter of being like, you know, to, to name check writers like that mm-hmm. within the first few minutes of screen time. It's a real establishing thing of like, this might be a movie about a white person, but it's it's not. It's yeah, like very yeah. covert. It is very covert. Yeah. And what you were just saying about, um, oh yeah, like going back to Chanel and the way that her child is revealed without mm. that hysteria. I also really appreciated how unhysterical both Sarah and all of the black people were about her entering yeah. that school. Like it could so easily have been. And I think the um one of the writers, Cheryl Edwards, was saying that the original script or the original, I don't know mm. what it was, the writer, one of the writers, Cheryl Edwards, was saying she read the kind of treatment for it and it was like the white girl goes into the school and all the black people turn around and are like, what the hell? And she's like going in like terrified. Yeah, and yeah, she was yeah. like, it was just too much. Like realistically it seems so realistic to me that Sarah kind of walks in and she she's not terrified she looks around and she's like well this is different from my other school yeah and the some of the black characters make like a small joke about her being in the Brady Bunch or whatever but it's not this huge deal and that allows so much more nuance to come through and the stuff that happens about race works so much better for it because it's kind of the like it's not the oh my gosh, I've never seen a black person before, that would yeah. normally happen. It is the kind of like, I now have a black love interest. What does that mean? Yeah. How does it affect the people around us? And that, that was the thing that surprised me the most when I watched it again last night. Because mm. again, watched it a lot as a young teenager and then sort of forgot about it until you yeah. came came to me with it. And there's this like, this great arc throughout. There, There's no real villains in this movie apart from trauma, right? Yeah. <laughs> like trauma is the only villain. Um, but there is a kind of antagonist in this Nikki character who's Derek's ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's just the most like beautiful lover. <laughs> she's <laughs> iconic. I love how she sits with like yeah. one hand in the air for no reason. And she's got like these like little funny, stupid pigtails. She just I looks know. so like fit. <laughs> she's so fit. And she's like, it's a proper like Cruella she's Deville. Like a vamp. Yeah, like a so vamp. vampy. Yeah. But when she, she when Sarah goes, I know you, you're in my English class. That don't mean you know me. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And I think yeah. I like, I've I've said that before as a joke and not realized where yeah, I got it from. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but there's this whole thing where like, you know, that's Derek's ex and, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of a rivalry thing going on there. And then they get into a fight in their gym class. That is like the way it's staged. It's very like... It's not like, oh, poor little white butterfly being, no. you know, it's it's very, is an equilibrium to yeah. it. I like how, did you notice how ruddy-cheeked she was after that fight? So sweaty! <laughs> it was that kind of, um, it was that kind of flush that people, some people get at the yeah. gym that goes like from the side of their face to their ear. Yeah, <laughs> and it's crawls. It looks very stressful. <laughs> it felt like, it, it felt like it had something that they made them do over and over yeah, again yeah, yeah, until, yeah. Like, you know, it felt really real. And she really goes for her. It's yeah. not like, oh, poor me, pinned against, no. you know, your might. Um, and then she's sort of explaining this to Shania later when... Sorry, you go. No, th- what I really love is the conversation they have just after that fight. You know, they've they've been told off. They're sitting in the gym alone. Yeah. And I think it's the moment where Nikki's kind of explaining a little bit, like, why the fight happened. Yeah. And she, like, you know, Sarah's like, oh, boo-hoo like leave me alone you just hate me because Derek likes me kind of thing yeah. and Nikki's like white girls like you are creeping up on our men the whole world isn't enough for you you have to creep up on ours too and yeah. it's like she's just told Sarah actually why she's annoyed it's not just a simple case of like new girl gets my man it's that yeah. plus she hates that Sarah feels so entitled to take the like quote one good guy that they have yeah and I think that that Sarah is told that three times by three different characters. And she, because then, do you remember in the club, Malachi, and can we talk about Malachi in a second? Oh my God. <sighs> Very scary. Very sexy. Very sexy. Because <laughs> that that actor, oh God, his name is, yeah, he's, he's a rapper as well. Yeah. And he does so on the song, some of the songs on the soundtrack. 
but he was also in Moesha and he was the oh. bad influence boyfriend in Moesha. Was he? Yeah. Uh, and it, there was like a whole like a two-parter because it was a weirdly wholesome show Moesha yeah. where he was like caught by the dad in Moesha's bedroom just kind of looking around oh <laughs> and Moesha was grounded for like a year <laughs> she'd look around my bedroom yeah yeah but go on but so so in Steps on I think it might be the second time they go oh yeah it's when it's oh it's main squeeze night no yeah, there's the yeah. one where they go the second time and they do like a good dance because yeah. they've been practicing and then but then Derek starts dancing with Nikki mm-hmm. and she's like Ugh. Yeah. and then she's watching and Malachi comes up to her and says you'll never look as good as him as she does that's oil your milk ain't mm. no point trying to mix so Nikki has said it to her yeah. Malachi has said it to her and they're both not coming from a really nice place but they're making the point that like yeah. it's not gonna fucking work and yeah. then Chenille says it to her in the like doctor's office. So they're sitting in the doctor's office. Sarah's mm-hmm. gone with Chenille because her kid is sick or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. in this really, really, really crowded waiting room. Yeah. They've been there for and an it's hour. All, it's all like black children yeah, who are, all black children. can't be seen because yeah. they don't have health insurance and right. whatever, you know? And it's, the sound, did you notice the sound of that? There's like yeah. so many babies screaming and it doesn't stop when, like normally... I guess a sound designer would be like, and now we like lower all the background noise so you can hear them talking. Yeah. But the kids just carry on screaming as they're having this really kind of tense exchange and it really hammers home the point that Chanel's making. And also, Sarah isn't being depicted as like the the sort of the white angel who's helping no. her black friend. And she's just kind of sitting there like a fucking lump of potatoes. <laughs> like being like, well, I don't know why Nikki's being so mean to me while her friend is like struggling with the diaper bag and a yeah. sick child. Yeah, 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 and she yeah. can't be seen. And the woman behind the counter isn't like being very nice to her. And she's like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really powerful because Chanel just cracks. She's yeah. been so patient with Sarah. She's been so open. She's really tried with her. And, and you know, Film, like Nikki has said something to her, Malachi has said something to her, and Sarah's just like, but it's nice because we like each other. <laughs> and she kneels there with her kid, like, dive off, and then she snaps, and she basically says, oh, yeah, Sarah says something like, oh, I don't know what, you know, what is with these people or something, and Chanel says, black people, Sarah, black women, Derek's about something, he's smart, he's motivated, he's for real, he's not going to make babies, and not take care of them or run the streets messing up his life he's going to make something of, he's going to make something of himself and here you come white so you've got to be right and take one of the few decent men we have left after jail drugs and drive-by that is what nikki meant about you up in our world and then sarah says <laughs> there's only one world chanel <laughs> and then she says that is what they teach you we know different and then sarah oh doesn't she and doesn't she say open up your pretty brown eyes and look around. And yeah. then Sarah opens up her pretty brown eyes and looks like she, it looks like she's just noticed where she is. Yeah. And she says, don't be here just to be here. Yeah. Open up your eyes and look around. Yeah. And then Sarah That's a really, it's like goose pimples the way she delivers it. It's so good. And then Sarah suddenly, I think, realises, well, hmm. Sarah then probably hears properly what Nikki and Malachi have said to her already. And she hears what Chanel is saying. She looks around the doc's office is like, oh, hang on, maybe there's more going on here than just like black people and white people holding hands. It's like, <laughs> these people are all really fucking poor and yeah. like a lot of aspects of their life are more difficult than mine for reasons of like yeah. structural racism, etc. And then she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so she runs away. <laughs> it's uncomfortable for her. She doesn't like it and it's not nice. <laughs> it's that thing where it's like, um, uh, Sarah is broke, but these people are poor. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Sarah lives with her artiste father who who just like is, is basically choosing to have a bohemian lifestyle. Janky jazz dad, I like to Janky Roy. <laughs> Janky Roy. <laughs> God, that is a tragic fucking dynamic. But um like like it's sort of we, we all we, like even uh, like Sarah doesn't need Juilliard to get out of inner city Chicago. No, 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 she can no, get no. out anytime she wants and and this can just be a blip in her life. Whereas, like, it, there's this real sense with all these other characters that they are sort of stuck there. And you get that. And, that's, and like, with even with Malachi, who's, like, such a scary character, genuinely yeah, frightening. Like, I forgot that he, like, he slaps a girl. He, like, yeah. fucking fucks Sarah against a wall at one point. <laughs> Not fucks her against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, slams her into a wall. Yeah. Then she tells Derek, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's my friend. I, I Malachi, I really like it was a shame. I was about to say it was a shame when he slapped that lady. <laughs> because I think I find him so fit. But he is really yeah. scary and yeah. like not very lols. <laughs> no, I get no, I totally get the the appeal. Yeah. You know? Sort of something of the night about him. Yeah. <laughs> so when he's walking through the club about to like fuck that guy up he yeah. looks like aggressive in a kind of yeah and he always has very large coats and i find that quite fit for some reason. every time i ever see that actor in anything he's always drowning in a coat <laughs> so he is five foot five. Oh. so maybe that's why he likes big coats. Little, little pocket boy little short king he's cute yeah um yeah and uh the thing is like it feels like if they were making this movie today and most remakes aren't any good so i hope they don't yeah they would have had this moment where uh, Sarah realizes she doesn't want to join these elite all white educational spaces, <laughs> and she would say, "No, I actually don't want this. I'm gonna I set up a dance school." In yeah, the- <laughs> for the brown children, <laughs> or something. Be in yeah. some way where she's sort of more involved in the community rather than just someone who's clearly passing through. Yes, um, but they weren't interested in that. It yeah, was the year two thousand. But you know, if they made it now, I just I think that the stuff that's the stuff that you miss when you're 12. Yeah. And the stuff that you probably could miss now if you were like, just kind of don't really give a shit about yeah. any of this kind of stuff. It would just be too much. I think they'd have yeah. to, somebody would tell Sarah to check her privilege. Yeah. And like, I you know, know that's it. somebody in the doctor's office, somebody would mention healthcare specifically. I just, I think it's done so yeah. well because it, it's done in a way that's real, that actually relates to people's lives. Like, I don't suspect that Chanel and Derek go around talking about like yeah. structural racism because they're like in it. Well, this is it. This is how like this is a conversation we were having with um with another guest on the podcast, the series of like people say things on Twitter, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Of like we should have a all woke remake of this such and thing, and it's like people think they want these things, <sighs> and then when they actually get served to us, they're just kind of they kind of make your skin crawl a yeah. bit when, people, when you have characters who are not talking to each other they're talking to the audience mm. and they're trying to, trying to score points off an audience and that just bumps you out of it in a yeah. way and it's kind of hard to get back in after that yeah totally like yeah like it would be, it'd be <laughs> so gross <laughs> it would be and so... shit and unenjoyable yeah exactly like it, it, there is like a a real subtlety to this film that mm-hmm. it doesn't get credit for, I think. Yes. Absolutely. Like, obviously there are incredibly melodramatic moments. Like, every time she speaks about her mother, there's, like, a, a swooping kind of piano <laughs> underneath it. It's, like, really soap opera. Yeah. But then hidden within that, you have all these, like, w- amazing moments, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So as a as a dancer, as a former <laughs> dancer, yes. how do we feel about Julia Stiles' dancing abilities? I just wish she would relax those shoulders. <laughs> So stiff! <laughs> so like, stiff! Okay, ballet's really hard. Fine. Yeah. Like, she's not going to be amazing. But, like, it just... Uh, it, st- <laughs> it stressed me out so much re-watching it this time because it's, like... It's not that hard to put your shoulders down. And, like, no. that... I mean, she just is... A, she's not very graceful and... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com She's she's not great at dancing and like that's fine. Fine. <laughs> the person who is her like double. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, she just it's the she's very she's a bit stiff. Which kind of in a way works with her character because she's the like yeah. she can't loosen up white lady. <laughs> but like she's meant to be good at ballet, so <laughs> Well that's the thing. It's the like her being this like, you know, prod- prodigy or whatever yeah. in the world of ballet. It's like <laughs> I don't know if you ever were. <laughs> I think your mom over pampered <laughs> yeah. you, really. If your mom hadn't died, 
in that car crash while you were doing your audition, you wouldn't have got into Juilliard. <laughs> Here's the thing. That it's this, this, these very American movies where the prize is, is elite education. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a, a real sort of trope. But um, I'm like, I'm worried for her. You know, she's a <laughs> mentally fragile girl. <laughs> I don't think she can handle Juilliard. No. Like, I, I was like, oh, the thing at the end was like, oh, she's got in. You know, yeah, we'll see you next semester, Sarah. We're yeah. very impressed. Hurrah. And she's like, hooray. And it's like, you're about to have the worst three years of your life. <laughs> she's not going to make it that through. That film I would watch. <laughs> well, they made Save the Last Dance too. Yeah. With none of the original mm. cast. Um, also, her um, entrance dance the second time around, the, the hip hop fusion Ballet. Oh my god. Okay, so can we break it down, please? From someone who truly understands dance, I would like to hear your full <laughs> review of this. Um, okay, so it's like it's her contemporary piece, which the bitchy man <laughs> who is that guy? Why is he so mean? He's like, and I assume you've con- prepared a contemporary piece, and she's like, Yeah, yeah I was asked to. That was the requirement. <laughs> yeah. Off, I mean, this guy's on a regional talent scouting tour. He probably has a kid with an earache at home, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, so, it starts, and it's that song, Live Your Dreams. Live your dreams. It's not as hard as it may seem. And um, it starts. And it's really smart, this kind of um, parallel with the first um, scene, which is Sarah doing her Juilliard audition mm. while her mum simultaneously dies in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is doing her second Juilliard audition while Malachi is doing <gasps> yeah. a drive-by shooting and... Derek is like running to her so it's still this like simultaneous thing what I really love she's doing her like classical one while Malachi is doing a drive-by she's fine (laughs) like she fell over the moment her mum like came off the road and Malachi's like pretty much at death's door and she's like doesn't care about him but then um, so for her contemporary piece she starts off the music starts she does a she does an arabesque and like kind of leans down to the floor and she topples you know she mm. falls and she's like fuck music stops she goes sir i'm sorry i wasn't ready and then he goes are you ready now <laughs> and then she stands there and she's obviously freaking out she's like yeah. fuck derek's not here we've broken up what am i doing blah 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 yeah and she kind of stands there and then <laughs> derek uh, runs in and goes, Yes, sir, she's ready! <laughs> what I love, having not heard what happened before, is somebody goes, How did he get in here? And then again, quietly, somebody goes, How did he get in here? Because <laughs> it's like, How the fuck? You definitely can't just run in. And they recognise that it's weird that he ran yeah, yeah. And he kind of goes on stage and gives this pep talk and says, You know, come on, give me some attitude, I'm watching you, baby, or whatever. And then she does it again. And it's quote unquote good. <laughs> they certainly thought so. But, it is, but I did too when yes, I was eleven or whatever. Same. I was like, "This is dance." And it's, <laughs> what was happening? Was it because we were like? I felt like the world treated it like it was good. Also, <laughs> I think it was maybe a time where I think we're just too. It's too cringe, and yeah. maybe like we weren't as cringed out by stuff back then. A because of age, and B because of like the internet not being what is. I don't know. Sure, but sure. like so, it's like a kind of starts with a bit of ballet, but then it's got a little hip hop spice, and there's a lot of like. At one point, she actually like <laughs> kind of like what is the, how oh, she like fakes? Like, she's snorting a line or something. No, I don't think it's snorting it's like, that. It's more like a just like a gangster attitude. Oh yes, like yes. brushing my nose. I don't even know what that means. Okay. But it's just cringe, and there's loads of like. Um, little nods to hip hop and lots of like dust off my shoulders while doing a pirouette and it's just so shit. It's so And then there's shit. a chair, she gets a chair out and she's like sitting on a chair, she has a body roll uh-huh. um, and this arm thing. Oh, the snake arm, I lost the snake, the snake arm. <laughs> and then it ends with her going like, like stroking her hand by her face and like sitting back in that kind of pose that Derek has showed her was like a gangster lean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Okay, which Sarah. I loved when I was younger. Of course and... you did. So did I. <laughs> but it's like not a fucking Juilliard entrance level. Like she would never get in with that. And then, um, and then it's so good that the bitchy mean man says, "You're in." I I, I can't say this on the record, but you're Welcome in. To Welcome to Juilliard. 
<laughs> Somebody it's... pointed out in like the goofs section of IMDb, yeah. always a rich trope, that like there's like a thing that says like Juilliard entrance thing or whatever, and Juilliard is spelled wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh no. That dance. It's like so I had my 30th birthday a couple of years ago. And it was like a big kind of two. We like it's my birthday is like New Year's Eve, so it was like a big New Year's Eve party. I had loads of friends, uh-huh. and when I stayed in this, you bring the New Year's Eve. It's the day before, so I always oh, do that. Same yeah. as my nephew. Well, <laughs> well there we well, go. You guys should meet. What's his name? He's thirteen. <laughs> his name is Jack. Great. Anyway, <laughs> I'll think of him <laughs> on my next birthday. The thing is, you will. <laughs> That's stuck in your head now. So it was my party and it was like, you know, 2 a.m. after New Year's and I was like, we should put that song on. And my friend, Walia, who was like one of the probably only other black people at my party, I was like, we should do the Save the Last Dance dance. And she looked back at me and was like, we must. And we like, we didn't just do it in a casual way. We were like, everybody, we're doing a performance. Oh my God. (laughs) And put it on and did, you know, we got the chair and we did all the stuff. Like, obviously not, I don't actually know the choreography, but the spirit of the dance. Oh, sure. Of course. And it, but it was like an important, it was obviously hilarious, but it was like an important moment for us. I'm sure it was. (laughs) And then afterwards we did, I mean, obviously we were pretty drunk but we like interviewed each other and she well she interviewed me and she was like when did you know you were gonna make it into Juilliard oh my god <laughs> we did this whole thing this sounds like the best crap <laughs> evening ever I want to go back in time and befriend you so I can be then be yeah <laughs> but we were like it. not really joking and then my boyfriend after like a few days later we were talking about it and he was like there was actually something really like special about you and B or Balia doing yeah. that together and he was like only you two know, knew what the fuck you were on about. Oh, but like, that's so you important. could see you two being like, we're doing this together. Like, this is us. Like, saying like, we're important and we're interviewing each other and you all need to shut the fuck up and watch us do this dance from our movie that we love. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is really sweet. Yeah. It sort of puts me in mind a bit of um, uh, the dance at the end of Romy and Michelle's high school reunion to Time After Time, if you're familiar with that uh, at all. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. It was basically, it's like two very silly adult women doing a dance Time After Time. But it's, okay. it's like, um, they're in their 30s, but it's like two little girls who've arranged a yeah, dance yeah, yeah, for cute. an audience kind yeah. of thing. But, but it's very moving because you can just see when you can see two women being on their own planet together yes nothing more moving it was like an act of love I yeah think. <laughs> and everyone else was like oh fucking you on about <laughs> i think the thing that's really really changed for me over the time like over the kind of however many views i've had is just like i hate sarah more each time and not like necessarily because of all the like hashtag problematic elements that she's just yeah. like a bit of a noob she and I'm is. like, oh, shut up. Stop showing off. Like, put your shoulders down. <laughs> Just stop being so lame. I know. I was a bit, when I watched the, the kind of the iconic balance beam um, scene, which is when she yeah. comes to reveal, I was like, you don't need to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're trying, if you're like, all going to be the person who's like not drawing attention to the fact that they want, they did ballet yeah. because they feel very traumatized about it. Like, don't do that. On a, don't. And literally like, People already think you're a bit stuck up because of the whole Capote thing. Yeah. So just like walk along the fucking beam like everybody else. Why does she have friends? <laughs> this is the one thing I really, uh, yeah, like I said, I just don't find it believable that anybody would like her. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> she's shit. I do find Julia Stiles, like, I mean, the, the, the character is very thinly written, but I feel yes. like Julia Stiles brings her best to it. And she, I find yeah. her like, her just very sort of lovable in general. Yeah. Like I find like her performance just kind of gorgeous. I think as well, it's this thing that we don't really get in teen movies anymore, which is, um, like, I'm not saying that, like, it's, this is kind of a, a very delicate thing to say, because mm-hmm. Julie Stiles is a beautiful woman, but she also kind of looks like someone you could have grown up with. Yeah, totally. I mean? She's very, like, um, <laughs> she's very everyday. <laughs> she kind of is, like, she's got that kind of big moon face yeah, to yeah, 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 like, yeah. and she's lovely, and she's, like, she brings, like, a real, like, softness to everything she does, mm. I think. Like you, which is why people love to say about you is that you have this bitchy character but she clearly has a real thoughtfulness to her mm. like, that's it a thoughtfulness I think yeah. and I think what's great about her performances and especially in this movie is that even when she's not speaking you can kind of see her thinking yes you can sort of see her eyes moving and taking yeah, things yeah, in yeah, yeah. and stuff um, but you were saying that you watched this with your boyfriend last night and he tried to sort of make you see the problematic views and you were just like no <laughs> 
<laughs> we we watched it. Okay, so that same thirtieth birthday. Yeah. Really big save the last dance moment for me there. Um. So we went away for like a couple of days after that. And we'd been together for like six months at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we now watch Save the Last Dance because you've never seen this film and mm. you just have to, you have to know mm. this movie. I'm that way about the film Michael Collins or My Boyfriend. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's a historical drama piece about an Irish freedom fighter. But <laughs> he must watch it. <laughs> um, so we watched it together. And then, yeah, we were chatting this morning um, before I came here. And he was like, he said, isn't there also an element of this where... Um, Sarah is basically going into a black neighborhood, appropriating their culture by, you know, taking their dance moves and then taking them to Juilliard so that she can get out of it. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's worry. true. But like, me, I, I, I think that with her, there's enough like being a slightly problematic white person thing mm-hmm. with her anyway, just being a bit like oh, but there's one world and I love this black man and that's all that matters. Yeah. That we don't need to go on about, like, appropriation. I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I, but this something we were talking about a little bit earlier on and it's kind of interested me. It's the thing of, like, uh, the idea that discourse in general, this is kind of a wider point mm. and not just about Save the Last Dance, I think discourse does go in cycles. Mm. Like, there's, like, there's topics that we sort of obsess over for a while. Um, and the, the example I kind of use is the, I remember five or six years ago, it became very uh, a huge faux pas, definitely in online circles, to use the words mental or insane yeah. a lot. And and the thing was that like, you know, it was a part of a we need to talk about mental health kind of kick. And everyone was like, you don't be casual about language around mental health. Uh and then everyone sort of like got it. Everyone did yeah. the, everyone sort of did the reading. Yes. But then in the last few years, people are using those words more casually again. And I think that's because we've learned the lesson, but the wrapper that the lesson came yeah. in has kind of been discarded. And I think that's kind of, that's an interesting show of progress. And I think when we talk about, like there's definitely been a trend in the last few years. And certainly when I was getting into digital media first and I was working at The Pool and, and you work at The Guardian, um, where identifying problems in films, yes. particularly films that maybe millennials grew up with, mm-hmm. became the real du jour. And like, you know, how certain tropes are represented and that kind of thing. And and it almost became like all film criticism became uh, identifying problems. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a Victorian explorer just labelling <laughs> things. Like, this is why Cultural appropriation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like we're growing out of that? Because if you're exhausted by it, and if I'm exhausted by it, that means everyone must be. <laughs> oh man, I really... I hope so. And I feel like, I feel, I feel like trepidatious even like having, do you know, like, I, I have heard, I think what tires me sometimes is like hearing the same phrase over and Mm. over again. Mm. So like an example, like just an example that springs to my mind is we need people who look like us in, in, um, positions of power mm-hmm. and I'm like agree but I just feel I just hear it so much from so many different people in so many different like worlds yeah and yeah. I'm like yes and <laughs> like I think people get like it's like almost like a catchphrase that yes. gets stuck on people's lips and it's like really like the the point is true and great and really important but like I think there's like a certain number of times that you can hear it before it just becomes a like a blah I know exactly what you mean. I always feel the same way about the phrase gaslight. Yeah. You know? And like, this is, and people are going to argue with this, but you know, the word trauma as well, I'm starting to struggle with because like, yes, post COVID, I think we're all traumatized. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. But the discomfort I experience, say, with um, getting on a flight (laughs) is different to the discomfort a nurse might feel. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's totally. and it, are we going to use the same word to describe both of our mental states? Like <laughs> that's not doesn't feel. So it's like we we fall in and, and you know people are people. We just uh, we fall in love with phrases and terms and things yeah, that yeah, make yeah, things yeah, yeah. seem easier to us and more digestible. But then when we use these things as a cover for like real understanding, yeah, like I think like things we can just throw out there to sort yes. of signify. That's it. It's a sig. It's like a. It's a. It's almost like a placeholder for actually thinking often yes it's yeah, like yes. Sarah is doing cultural appropriation bad and it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> bye and I feel like we're just like dissing my boyfriend <laughs> yeah Tom, Tom grow up get a life Tom <laughs> <laughs> but I get why he said but I, 
understand. I don't yeah. know what your boyfriend or your, sorry, your husband does um, for a living or anything, but I imagine he's like, okay, my 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 online wife is go- <laughs> is going to another online woman's house yeah. to talk about online things. Yeah, like they're definitely going to want to talk about cultural appropriate. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, totally. it, of course, I would. The online wife is tired. <laughs> online wife wants to just talk about Sarah's shoulders. And how Malachi <laughs> is scary, but also want to have sex with him. <laughs> a shred of compassion for online wife. <laughs> Speaking of uh, watching this film with men, uh, I watched this with my boyfriend last night and he said, save the last dance, more like saving all the dance to last. Because <laughs> he's right. Like, we don't really see her do that much until <laughs> she... Just a little rondejean attitude. <laughs> Yeah. The confusing thing about this movie as well is, and I realise this is movie magic, it's that, why are they doing it? <laughs> what, the practice? Yeah. Because, because he's teaching her attitude. He's... But why? <laughs> to what end? <laughs> For montages. He rents a space. Yeah. No, first of all, it's in the school. Yeah. Because he has in the cafeteria or something. To the school? Yeah. Because, yeah. And then he rents a space. Or it's like a space that's going to be turned into something and he knows about it for some reason. (laughs) I think the idea behind that is like, she's a white lady with stiff shoulders and people are laughing at her. So he's going to teach her to like walk with a gangster lean. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Because people will love that. Oh, that act, this, the first scene where they like practice Sarah's gangster attitude is probably yeah. one of my favorite scenes. Like just when they're sitting on their chairs next yeah. to each other and doing the little like shoulder thing. Oh, I just it's, think it's sweet. But the thing is, the reason why it works and like the logic of it only came to me at this time, but it never would have occurred to me as a young person is because their chemistry is so yes. truly gorgeous. And they just do seem like two young people who have found an excuse to hang out. Yes. And the thing is like, I don't really quite have the thing to ask you on a date. So I'm going to yeah. use the framing of teaching you to dance. And that's very sweet. And they just are very... It's like, yeah, that's the that's what holds any dance movie together. Is like, do you want the two people to kiss? Yes. Because <laughs> the dancing is a replacement for the kissing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. once they do kiss, it's kind of like the magic is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think that the second, like, practice scene where they've moved from the school to the studio mm-hmm. and she's got, like, little pigtails and they're doing, it's, like, a bit more sexy and she's, like, putting her ass oh, in yeah. his crotch and she says, like, how's my ass? And he goes, it's nice. I mean, I mean, it's good. I was like, <laughs> I, the chemistry's good. Didn't you say to me um, before we started recording that he was like crazy old? <laughs> so I was watching, I think it occurred to me in the gym scene, because they have, like, the gym scene is very school. You know when they have the like, yeah. when, um, what's the uh, what's the other token white girl called? <gasps> the black hair? Yeah. Don't know. Okay, well, she, the other white yeah. girl. Um, which is another reason why Chanel wouldn't be friends with her. She's like, you've already no, got a white got friend. One. She seems cool and Sarah's not. She does seem cool. <laughs> and she's like going up the rope and she's like, use your upper body. She's like, I don't have an upper body. You know that bit? And there's yeah. all the like apparatus. And that made yes. me think of like actual school. And then I looked at them all and was like, this is a really, really stupid example of like aging. So she was, um, you said she was 19. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Kerry Washington was like 22. Yeah. And, and somehow Sean, still looks younger now. Yes. And Sean Patrick Thomas was 31. 31. <laughs> Playing 17. And he looks 31. He does look 31. <laughs> but I don't know why. Malachi looks about 70. <laughs> he is not in school. <laughs> I, oh my God. Yeah. He, it's weird because it doesn't occur to me when I'm watching it. But then when I sort of like look at stills afterwards, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that man is old as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe we haven't talked about probably one of the worst makeover scenes in history. <laughs> it's up there with the breakfast club in that it's like. It's from The Gap. <laughs> it's country and you look country in it. And that was that was a real phrase that entered the girl lexicon. I think you definitely did in my school. Yeah. People saying it's country and you're the country in it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, the tying her top around her head. I mean, it looks like a Halloween costume of like a fortune teller, <laughs> <laughs> and the big gold hoops with it. It's like one or the other, not both. <laughs> I think she's very industrious, Chanel. I was quite yeah. into the outfit. <laughs> okay, and that's fine. <laughs> you're like. 
and we're done. <laughs> no, it just it did remind me of just like throwing together a fortune teller Halloween costume. Yeah, last no, minute. it's very fortune teller now you say that. But yeah, I just, I really like how Sarah, like, she goes to Sheila and Derek's, doesn't she? To, yeah. Like on the way. And she says there, like, I look okay, right? And Sheila's <laughs> like, yeah. And then when they get to the club, Sarah's obviously like starting to panic more about yeah. her because she's seeing like other people arriving. And then she's like, hey, do I really look okay? And then she feels like, no. <laughs> and then she does this makeover. That's the most like believable their friendship gets, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, I, she looks- the, the bit in that I've seen I love as well, where it's... Um, one of the girls has a car. Yeah. And uh, Shania says, can I borrow your keys? I need to sit in your car for a minute. Yes. <laughs> She's like, what? She's like, just give me the keys. <laughs> it just, it does feel like very teen. Like it's obviously very like wish fulfillment-y of like all of these teenagers are able to sneak into this kind of over 21's club yes. kind of thing. But it feels that right side of believable fantasy as opposed to this feels like a made up venue in a made up place yeah. and it would never exist and exist for the purposes of this film. It feels yeah. like, oh no, I could go to Steps. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, when I was when I was waiting for you to come over today, I read the script, the original script. Ooh. You know, obviously they, they, they make lots of changes on, on the shot and they, they did reshoots and stuff. Yeah. But it was quite, the original script was quite different. Steps was originally called Feats. <laughs> Feet. Feats. Feats with a Z. Oh my God. Feats. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a real, um, it was like, so much more of it took place within the high school. It was a real like, ah. like a Greece almost of like. Oh, interesting. There was a lot of chat about prom and who was on the prom committee. Oh, oh God, I love. There was not a single mention of prom in this film. Like, no, that's like so rare for a American high school. They probably film. felt during those that kind of early noughties boom of um of teen movies that like you have to mention prom. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, how will we know? <laughs> But prom was kind of like main squeeze night at steps. I know. I was just thinking that yeah. they were like, no, let's like make this. Let's like make make school kind of incidental. Really, there's very few scenes in the school when they actually went to shoot it. But let's make Chicago the place where these people are, you know, running around communicating with each other and, and having their lives. You yeah. know, and they and use that, the city really well. Yeah, and that reflects, I guess, like the difference between the type of people who we're focusing on in this film and the type of people you focus on in like. 10 Things I Hate About You yeah. or like um, oh god what's the one with Freddie Prince Jr. and the ugly one who's not ugly and then she's, oh, she, she's all that so she's all that yeah, yeah. sorry um, that also goes along with the difference between the type of people we're focusing on in say The Last Dance versus high school films like um, She's All That yeah. or like 10 Things I Hate About You it's like school isn't necessarily the centre of their world the centre of their world the centre yeah. of their world is like their family lives and stuff that's happening outside that's difficult or like the club that they want to go to. And it's such, it's so well observed, isn't it? Because like we see those um, high schools being the center of these kids' worlds in other mm-hmm. films because first of all, they tend to be suburban kids who yes. are like upper middle class um, and they have these huge dreamy schools where there's like a drama program and all this. All, it feels like there's endless bits of the school that go on forever. <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense because these would be suburban kids and you kind of want to distill them in one place. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you take a inner city school, these kids are all neighbours. Yeah. So there's much more of them just kind of hang around streets and that kind of stuff. And it, that just makes a lot more sense. And, like, Malachi's not going to the prom. <laughs> He's not going to the prom! <laughs> Can you imagine? There's a whole in the original script where Nikki is coming up to Derek and being like you haven't bought your ticket for prom yet no. I'm on the committee I know I was she's like she's not on the committee <laughs> joking no 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 no. wrong wrong that, that was Cheryl coming in with the rewrite I think yeah well I, I it really I just think it. there's so many places where it could have fallen yeah and didn't and I really I feel like black people in that writing room yeah in a way that like I feel if this was a film written by a more like classic of that time Hollywood mm. teen film director, it just it would not have rung true. Yeah, at all. It's also grittier than I remember it being. Like mm. the kind of the violent scenes are, they feel very dangerous. Yeah. It doesn't feel like play fighting at all. What when they shoot each other? <laughs> like when they fucking shoot each other. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's scary. It's really, really scary. Yeah, and I love. I really, really love the kind of. Derek being trapped between the two worlds thing. I think yeah. that that's a really um, under 
whole story, especially at that time, which is like, Derek is really, really smart. Mm. Derek wants to be a doctor, a paediatrician, because he likes kids. <laughs> well, that was a shit line. I was like, yeah, give him some motivation, please. Yeah. I like kids. Um, and, but he's <laughs> friends. I like kids. <laughs> Just to make like women in the audience go, ooh, ooh ladies. <laughs> yeah, and like so say something about how your sister can't get healthcare for a job. Yeah. Maybe that'll be too on the nose. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Classic white person trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> get her out of the writing room. Get her out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's he wants to go to Georgetown. He's got a vision for his future, which isn't just, you know, staying where he is and mm. kind of hanging hanging with the pros. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um and then he's got loyalties and friendships with people who don't have those opportunities. And he really understands that. And he's conflicted by it. And I think it's just so well told because he doesn't look down on his friends who are like involved in drug dealing and violence because he yeah. knows why they're doing it because he easily could have been doing it and was doing it for a while. Yeah. But, and they, everybody finds it really difficult. Derek finds it really difficult because he's trapped between the two. Sarah finds it difficult to understand why she hangs around with Malachi, because she's like, he's scary. He's like mm-hmm. a scary, bad man. And he hit me. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Um, and Malachi doesn't feel that Derek is being loyal, because Derek is going to go off to Georgetown, and he's mm. now got a white girlfriend. And Malachi has, like, saved Derek's ass in the past. Yeah. And it's really complicated and they, they don't give an answer to it they just kind of put it out there and it's like this is what it would be like it's hard and nobody is fine with it and nobody knows quite what to do with it yeah it, it is kind of amazing that they they throw out all this thing about like and, and you you totally do see it from the perspective of those characters of being like oh you're like kind of you're so upwardly mobile out of this this neighborhood and yeah. you're gonna go to medical school and now you have sort of your white girlfriend to complete the package yeah like, of course you would think that kind yeah. of thing and you're not gonna come with me while I go and like find these guys who tried to kill me because you're too yeah. good now. But like, yeah. I don't, he says something like, I'm not going to go to Georgetown. All I have is my respect. Yeah. And like, can't argue with that. You can't, you can't argue that. But that's like, I, I, I feel for every character yes. in this, even um, Chanel's like boyfriend or Chanel's ex-boyfriend, who's the father of Christopher. Yeah. I really feel for that guy. He feel, like I think he is kind of trying his best but failing. I think he is sort of like bamboozled by yeah. fatherhood. And he, yeah, yeah, when he yeah. tries to show up for his kid and his kid doesn't recognize... Like, it's kind of, obviously, it's quite stereotypical. Like We've seen those yeah, scenes like yeah, that yeah. before. But just the performance, you can... Re- again, you can see the character thinking. You can see yeah. him struggling. And um, yeah, it's just like, I want the best for everyone. I do too. You know? I wish Malachi well. <laughs> I wish Derek well. When he gets out of prison. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I just, I think that's, it's really, really smart. And I like her not getting it. Yeah. I really like that they show every part of that. And she, and her kind of very unnuanced understanding of it, which is like, it's bad to do crime. You yeah. shouldn't be with those guys. I stole a hat once. Oh my God. <laughs> I love but my that mom line. made me take it back. It's like, Really could have just not told that story, babe. <laughs> I kind of find it adorable. It's like she knows no, how stupid it's, she's being. Yeah, it's it's just so sweet. He's like, we robbed a liquor store and like <laughs> held him up at gunpoint. And she's like, I saw the hat, then I gave him back. <laughs> I also, what I love about their hangout scenes is how they're dressed. Yeah. Like you can feel how cold it is. Like she's in this huge yeah. fucking puffer jacket and these huge uh, like trousers as well. Like <laughs> and like little woolly hat kind yeah. of thing. And her jam sport backpack. There's something really lovely, especially when you're so used to seeing teen movies set in like California, where everyone's yeah, yeah, like yeah. people look cold all the time. <laughs> and it's, I sort of love that. I grew yeah. up in Ireland, obviously, so I was cold all the time. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's nice to see. It is nice to see people like me on screen. <laughs> Representation on screen, we need more of it. Cold white teenager. <laughs> I really love, we haven't really talked about the dad at all. Oh, Roy, yeah. I, janky Roy, jazzy janky Roy. I feel really sorry for him. And I think, mm. obviously like shit dad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I like, I love him. And I actually would have had maybe more Roy. I like his like, he, he's not that similar to my dad at all, but there's something like his apartment looks like my dad's yeah. flat in Liverpool. My dad is like an arty, musician y oh. guy who's like Clown. just, well, but not like kind of like Roy, you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like the, the life of like a working artist. And he's just kind of like, he's just been in his little life for 17 years doing his stuff and eating his hungry man 
dinners, and then this like snooty bitch of a daughter walks in and he just doesn't know what to do with it. And I, no. I and he like wants her to go to his gig and she's like, It's a school night, right? And I find him very sweet. I know, I find that whole dynamic I think it's really well played. It's, it's like, really well played. He's that's so like, believable. Because the thing, I, you want to side with him and you're rooting for him, but you're like, you didn't get the house ready, Roy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the, the house ready? Fix the fucking Fix the fucking door. When he reveals the bedroom to her. Oh, man. You know what? I, <laughs> it's so cheesy, but I actually, I, I, like, I well up. I do well I up. I do? I well up too. Because it's like, okay, it's like a real, like, narrative device, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it really works. It's like, yeah. you're settling here now. I'm your father. I care for you. And this is like... This yeah. is actually your life, and I'm investing in that. And I and I've heard what you care about, and I've yeah. been witnessing you being here, and I've thought about what you would need in your room, and I'm putting yeah. it just so nice. nice. <laughs> just like the 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 uh, standards for on screen dads versus the standards for on screen moms is so night and day. <laughs> like the mom gives up her whole <laughs> life to just drive around to ballet shit all the time, <laughs> dies because of it. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, yeah, she probably smothered her. <laughs> Dad makes bedroom for child. <laughs> oh my god, he's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, Just dad know. being a bit nice. Oh. Yeah, um, I love Roy though. Me too. I though I do. I I, pre, I bet you any money on the cutting room floor. There's a scene of uh, her seeing Roy do jazz. That they were like, because <laughs> like, why have all that set dressing around him doing jazz? There's definitely I, a scene where she went to go see him play. Do you think I just for me the like Roy doing jazz just makes so much sense? I'm like, yeah, that's Roy the jazz dad. Roy, <laughs> it's just like he would be the guy that her mom had like. Yeah. you know thought was the guy but then she started having a successful cake business and he was like working on his art in mm. the loft and like not contributing and then yeah. the cake business started taking off and then Roy got a bit depressed and like couldn't make his masterpiece and she was just like fuck this yeah he moves to Chicago makes lots of I don't know he just yeah. I just I get it I totally I, get you it know, I, no, I totally believe it I totally get it it also makes sense that like you would go I mean this is very much a deleted scene in my head mm-hmm. that you would go from like probably spending years nurturing this uh, uh, musician man and trying to get his dreams going, ultimately giving up on it and then putting all that energy into nurturing your daughter's dreams instead. <laughs> like, she's a real nurturer. Yeah, she <laughs> that, that poor dead woman. <laughs> scene that made... My, my boyfriend was, like, barely paying attention. He was, like, on his laptop yeah. while I was watching it. And he looked up and went, what the fuck? <laughs> when... Um, Derek says to Sarah, what, are you going to punk out in this like you punked out in ballet when your mom died? Yes! <laughs> it's like, whoa. Whoa! Get over it, Sarah. It's been three months, Sarah. <laughs> she also doesn't seem that sad. Sarah. No. I'm like, I don't know, she just seems like... She's quite glacial. She's moody. She's moody. But maybe yeah. that's just great. Take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to judge the grieving process. But I like as well that, like, you know, Sarah has been through this terrible thing. Mm. And she's like, oh, no one bring it up except everyone bring it up, please. <laughs> but it's also like, she's not the only person with horrible stuff in their life. Yeah. Like the Chanel and Derek, their mother is in and out of jail or whatever. Yeah. It's like, they're, they're very like, it's not this thing where she reveals her tragic backstory and everyone's like, oh, we never knew, Sarah. Let yeah, yeah. us nurture you some more. Yeah. They're a bit like, the kind of the tone is, yeah, well, fucked up things happen to everybody. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that scene where, I don't know if it's intentional, but it's unclear in that scene whether Derek already knew her mom was dead when he keeps mm. asking her about her mom. Like, you all tight and shit. And she's like, she's dead, all right. What do you want me to do? She's dead. And she goes, do you want me to fucking shout about it? And he's like, yeah, if you want to. But it's just yeah. like, he's not like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Oh my God, are you okay? Like, he's just yeah. like, he's like, yeah, lots of well, people have me. dead parents. Yeah, but he's also like, so let, talk about yeah. it. Like, tell me about it. Let's talk about the ballet. Let's talk about your mom. And she's like, no. <laughs> and then she goes to the ballet and she likes it. And then she starts She loves it. She fucking loves it. <laughs> Those, the thing about those ballet scenes in the movie, the one where they're actually watching ballet, yeah. and they're gorgeous, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. so lovely to watch, but it doesn't highlight how much her that's skill is lacking. Like, that's ballet. <laughs> and she knows it. Maybe yeah. that's why she's crying. <laughs> she's like, I just, I just don't think her ballet is very good. It's not very good, but like, to get somebody that good, they'd have had to cast like a prima ballerina. Yeah. And probably 
Isn't as yeah. good at acting and doesn't want to be in the film. <laughs> but it is funny to hate on her shoulders. Yeah, it is funny. I also think that like there's a there's a profound lack of vanity with Julia Stiles' performance where she is doing her first appearance in Steps. It is so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Like you'd really want to be a committed actress to be like, yeah, I, I'm gonna look awful doing this. It's gonna look so awkward. <laughs> I was like, that's real, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, she's really cringe as a character and she really leans into that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. My only other quote was Roy saying, it's not much what you're used to, but the world is hot and the mice are friendly. <laughs> she's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. My mom's dead, okay. <laughs> okay, my mom's dead. <laughs> All right, Leah, thank you so much for coming here today. Is Do you anything you'd like to, um, you know, tell everyone about or... You are, you're a producer. You produce podcasts like this and better than this. I produce uh, <laughs> Comfort Eating with Grace Dent, mm-hmm. The Guardian. Do you prefer me or her? <laughs> <laughs> you can be honest. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> there is no right answer to that question. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but that's a, that's a wonderful podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I do that and video stuff on The Guardian. Well, we'll all look out for it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got to talk about this Me movie. Too. It's been the best day of my life. It's country and you look country in it. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com